Everybody, welcome to the show. You know where you are, the nine and nine with me, Tigo. And if you're sitting right there, you know what's about to happen. I'm going to bring yet another amazing expert on today. But we're going to go in an entirely different direction. Today, we're going to talk about American grit. Now, I know in your mind, you got all things in place and you're going, oh, I know what that's all about. I can guarantee you don't. You don't want to miss it. So sit right there. We'll be right back. Me right, we're going in a different direction today. You know, we always talk to experts, we always talk to authors. A lot of the experts are authors, and today is no different. But we're going to talk with my buddy John Suzuki about American grit and exactly what happened in a little bit of our history that you may not know about. Hey, John, are you out there? Hey, Tigo, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on, man. You know, I see it over your corner, over your head, right there in the corner American grit. Yeah. Is that a poster? Is it a, what is it? Yeah, it's a poster. It's a poster. <laughs> and you know, it, it's funny because when, when you're talking about American grit, when people think of American grit, they don't, they don't think of a bunch of Japanese people. Um, they think about something else. Right. And so, uh, exactly. so, yeah, so happy to be here for sure. Happy to have you here. And, and, you know, just like you said, we don't really talk about what happened in history around, you know, the camps and, Japanese people and what people don't even believe today that that even happened. Right. So can you give me just a brief overview? And I know we could probably talk about this for hours and I will, cause I love hearing the stories, but can you just give me a brief overview of exactly what happened and what made you decide to write this amazing book? Absolutely. It is an incredible true story about, uh, I, I, I talk about, my book is about one particular person who's right there over my shoulder. His name is Shiro Kashino, but it's about his, um, his experience and the experience of 122,000 people who were thrown into concentration camps here in America during World War II simply because wow. of their race. And, and 50,000 of them, uh, it included 50,000 children and babies um, that got caught up in it. Terrible, terrible experience, but an incredible story. Anyway, it it, uh, it, it talks about um, his experience from the camps, volunteering out of the camps to fight and perhaps die for the United States Army, who put them and their families in the camp to begin with. Wow. And then he came out of the war as one of the most decorated war heroes of World War II. And the reason why I wrote the book um, was, you know, I, origi I originally wrote it as a cautionary tale, that this is something mm -hmm. that happened to make everybody aware and it could happen again. But I've, I've actually made it into a cautionary wake up call because the more um, I see as we as I think about this, the more fearful I am that they will happen again in this country if we're not careful. Really? You think that could happen again? There's no question in my in mind. In our time? Yes. 
Yes. Why? It almost did. It almost did. When you think back on my, on 9-11, somebody yeah. came up with the misguided idea that all Muslims must be terrorists and that, that we needed to round them up and put, and put them away. Right. And uh, lots of people rose up, including the Japanese American community, that said, no, 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 no. <laughs> Not that going down that road happen. again. Yeah. And so it, wow. the, the, the makings of, of it happening um, are very similar to, to pre-World War II. And that's what, that, that's what makes me a little bit fearful. So when this happened, one, where were the camps, you know? And on top of that, when they volunteered, because he wasn't the only one who volunteered to fight for America right. while his family right. was still in the camps. When they volunteered, did the family get more privileges? I mean, why would they do that when they're literally their family's in prison? Yeah, so these camps, there are 10 major camps sprinkled across the country. Um, and he was at one in, in the deserts of Minnesota, uh, of, of, uh, of Idaho called Minidoka. Now, and, and these camps were in what I call the badlands of America, in the deserts and swamps of America, where nobody wanted to live, as far away from, from humanity as, as they can make them. And the reason why uh, Shiro and all these men, and there were almost 3,000 of them who volunteered wow. out of, across the different camps, um, was to prove their loyalty. Because they they thought that they didn't know how long they were going to be in these camps. Nobody mm -hmm. knew. They, they thought they could be in these camps forever. Mm -hmm. And so they decided um, that the best way to get their families out of there was to prove that they deserved to be loyal uh, Americans just as much as anybody else. And they went out and did it. Now, my question that comes to mind right now is the children you know, yes. that were also in these camps. Have you done any research on how they survived after it? You know, being a child, when these traumas happen, they stick with you for a lifetime. They do. You know, how did they, they survive after the camp was over? You know, it's it, that's a really great question because, you know, when they were in camp, a lot of them were children. And so they didn't, mm -hmm. they didn't, they didn't feel the effects of having lost their farms, their parents. I mean, obviously did. But um, but after the war, uh, they closed the camps. Everybody was given 25 bucks and a one-way ticket to restart their life someplace after having lost everything. Mm -hmm. But the young people of the time, um, some of them are still alive today. And they still live with P PTSD. But, wow. you know, part of, uh, part of the story of American Grit is not only about the men who went out and fought, fought, fought in the war, but about everybody and how they recovered and how they stuck to their American dreams of a better life for their family and how they continued to fight racism and prejudice for decades after the war. Because when they came back, they weren't, it was hard to find housing. It was hard to find jobs. They were still viewed as the enemy. And, mm. uh, and so, yeah, it, it is, it's, it's been kind of for those people um, it's been a lifelong, lifelong story and journey for them. I've had the opportunity to speak with a couple of people with more than a couple that are from Vietnam, Vietnamese and mm -hmm. everything that went on with Vietnam war and how their families got separated, especially if there were American soldiers as their dads, you know, they, they got kind of shut yeah. on there. So how did Japan react to the Japanese families that were here in America? You know, after everything, the war's over, were they like, don't come back here? Or was it, you know, you're still part of the family. You can come home if you want to. Yeah, no, they, they were, it was, it was the latter. It was the latter. They yeah. weren't shunned. You know, Good. in fact, during, during the war, during World War II, uh, my dad 
fought in uh, fought the Japanese. He's Japanese American, and he fought the Japanese. Wow. And um, and the Japanese at the time, the Japanese government considered everybody who was of Japanese nationality as a citizen. So if mm. he was captured, he would have been shot as a traitor to wow. uh, to, to the emperor. And and so. Um, but after the war was over, um, my dad actually served in the United States Army during the rebuilding of, of Japan. And, um, and, they, and that, this whole chapter is something that's really, really fascinating to, that, to them, too, of what happened in the camps and, and what people did, how they recovered, and, and the heroism behind it. You know, we just got through COVID, so they say, although three of my friends have had COVID in the last month or so, so I don't know wow. if I'll we'll ever get through it. But we just got through COVID. And I'm wondering what one thing stuck with you? I'm sure there were several on survival yourself for you and your family. What stuck with you that you learned from your research? You know, um, with regard to COVID, uh, stop blaming people. Right. If it, it, it came, it came from, it came from China, maybe, perhaps, perhaps but don't right. blame every Asian you come across. Right. Thank you. Um, don't come across. I mean, you know, that's one of the problems that we have in this country right now is that we're bucketizing people, you know, in, in, in any country in Asia, there's nobody who, who identifies themselves as an Asian. There's yeah. no Japanese person, Korean person, or Asian person that identifies themselves as, as an Asian um, <laughs> in, right. in Europe. There's no white people that identify themselves as white people, right? And yet <laughs> right. We bucketize everybody, and you know, and and we got the whites and blacks and the Christians and the Muslims, and it's that bucketizing of people along with widespread fear that we have to be careful of, um, because that's what got us into trouble. And today we're dealing with a whole bunch of other things like victimhood and political discourse and ideal ideological differences. It's crazy, and so when you think about what all that can lead to. There's no question in my mind that we could be at risk in the future. You know, I love this is our second or third time of having a conversation together. I'm so glad we could do this interview. And I just we can talk for hours. I know we you have a new show coming up. What's your new show? When is it? When is it starting? What's it about? I'm starting in November. It's called Finding Better. And it's all about people sharing their experiences not to have a perfect life or be really cool, but just find better, better relationships, better financing, better jobs, better, better, just finding better. And it's going to be all based on experiences of people who have been there and done that and to just share their share their experiences to help people live, live happier and better lives. It's going to be a well, lot of fun. I, I hope you'll come back often and just share your story and share your journey with your new show. And you're always welcome to come on our show. You're a part of the family now. You are amazing. Wonderful, Tigo. You are too. Thank you. Thanks for hanging out, John. All right, everybody, you know what to do. You want to get in touch with John. You want to get his book. You want to find out more about his show. Go to TigoDirect.com. Type in John. Type in American Grit. He'll come up, send him a message, say, hey, I heard you. I saw you on Expert Talk. And I want to know more about your book and your show and John will get right back to you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I know I did. And you know I want you to come back next time. As always, I'm Tigo. I'll talk to you next time.